Hello, everybody. This is Alex Barthet with the LeanZone.com podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the three P's of bidding to get more work. Um, and with us today, we have Kevin Pretty. How are you doing, Kevin? Doing great, Alex. So uh, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your business and why you are an expert at bidding? Sure. I'd be happy to. Um, so I'm the founder and CEO of PlanHub. Uh, PlanHub has been around since early 2017, and it was spun off from my original company that I created back in 2008, um, Elite ProNet. Uh, we transitioned, pivoted the company to focus more on um, more of a marketplace that connects general contractors and subcontractors nationwide. And it's a, it's a great platform for commercial bidding um, where GCs post projects ranging from commercial, civil, um, government projects. And subcontractors can find tons of bidding opportunities on there, and they can bid on as many projects as they'd like and hopefully get awarded more work. So because you see a lot of bids um, come through your system, you're clearly an expert on what is a good bid, what what's not a good bid. And, and you've distilled it down into the three Ps, right? The three Ps of bidding. Yeah, that's correct. We get about 150,000 bids submitted through PlanHub every month. And um, we've we've data mined them, and we looked at what are what's a successful bid. And there's there's three key pieces of a bid um, that I I like to share with everyone that would help them get awarded more work if they just followed this process. So let's break it down. And I hear you have a bonus for us about what to do after the bid that's as important as the bid itself, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's get right into it. So what's the first P? Yeah, the first one is price. You know, price is usually the most important aspect of when you're submitting a bid. You want to be competitively priced. Um, what a lot of contractors fail to do is price accordingly, especially if they're coming from the residential side. When you're doing residential, you typically price based on the square footage or linear feet. Um, you know, for example, if a tile installer might price something at, say, $3 a square foot, that's not the right way to price for commercial because typically these projects are a lot larger. So the best way to price it is get a clear takeoff of your material. So you identify that cost and then you, then you estimate your actual labor cost. So you figure out all the costs associated with the project, add on a margin and your overhead, and then you'll get a bottom line pricing. If you go in with a straight square footage pricing, you're going to get outbid by people that have more experience. So price is the most important part. Um, you want to make sure you're doing that accurately. I recommend um, estimating takeoff software because that'll help you identify your cost a lot better than just you know pen and paper and trying to figure it out like the old ways. So well, b before we move off of, of price, um, it is without you know if if people are going to use pen and paper, um, what would be the next step? up? Like, is there some simple solution beyond pen and paper that you've seen that works well, that's generally inexpensive for a, a, a small contractor? Yeah, absolutely. We have uh, two partners that we work with, with estimating takeoff software. They're, they're really good, easy to use cloud-based software um, for say you're a roofing contractor and you want to get all your measurements, all your, you know, the, the squares that you need, whether it be shingles or TPO um, stack would be one of them. And the other one is ProEst. Uh, they both have advantages. Um, we don't advocate for one or the other, but they are preferred partners um, that many of our users use and have recommended. 
Um, and I think they're relatively inexpensive, um, maybe a couple hundred dollars a month. You can utilize their software. Oh, I mean, that's really inexpensive, actually, um, to think about what you're saving in time putting the bid together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about price before we move into the second P? Yeah, that's the that's the gist of it for price. The second P would be your actual product. So you want to clearly define what you're bidding, the, the full scope of work that you're doing. So, for example, if you're that roofing contractor, you want to make sure you have your square footage identified. Uh, you want to have exactly the product. If there's uh, a certain thickness to the, the paper that you're using on the roof, you want to identify the exact shingle that you're using or the tile or TPO that you're using. So you want to itemize everything that you're doing. And then you also want to you want to exclude what you're not doing. Because that's really important. If you're not identif- identifying those those items on your bid, then you're going to get a call from the GC or it's going to get excluded completely. So it's real important that you're clearly defining exactly what's in your scope of work. You are um, 100% right on that. You know, this dovetails well into my arena as a construction attorney. I would tell you the vast majority of the disputes that we have to deal with are the ambiguities that exist in the bid slash contract between the owner and contractor, contractor and sub, because people were not clear in their inclusion and exclusion of what to to provide. Um, And typically where we see this a lot is the exclusion part, is, is, is not excluding enough, not listing assumptions um, enough or conditions of your bid. So even if it's not an exclusion, it's a condition of your bid. So for example, if you're a foundation contractor, um, you may be assuming that when you excavate the muck in the area, that it's only six feet deep. Well, what happens if it's 12 feet deep, right? Did you, did you clarify that issue in, in your bid? Um, so, I, I agree uh, wholeheartedly, Kevin, that, that spending time clarifying that in the bid, and here's a, here's a little side pro tip. If it's in your bid, but it didn't make it over to the contract, you've got nothing. So you got to make sure that if you've excluded things in your bid, that when you sign the contract, that those exclusions have come over into the actual executed contract as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you want to be very clear on your contract to make sure that you're you're listing everything out that you're going to be performing and everything you're not. Um, good paperwork makes good friends and it's good business. Absolutely. So what's the last P? The last P is actually the simplest of them all. It's the presentation. It's having a really clear, easy to understand format. And believe it or not, stuff like capitalization, you know, putting your company name, your own name in proper grammar is unbelievably important. Um, having your contact information, you wouldn't believe how many times we see bids where there's not a phone number or there's not an email address to follow up. You have to be kidding me, Kevin. I'm, I'm dead serious. Uh, we see it all the time. It's just these the simple presentation. And what happens is a GC receives these bids, even if they can track you down and you know contact you from your bid, it's they're looking at the bid and there's you know improper spelling, um, or bad punctuation, something like that. And it, what it does is it reflects the quality of work that you're going to do. And that's the way it's viewed. So just having a, you know, using a spell check program when you're building your your bid, um, it, it could be a huge saver for you. 
So I guess um, related to that is is not waiting to the last minute, right? So if you wait to the last minute to submit your bid, then you're you're not going to have enough time um, to do those last few checks, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it goes into your professionalism. So if you're building the properly properly structured bid and you're itemizing all the items that you're doing and you have a competitive price, you're going to be in the running to win that project. Uh, we hear from contractors all the time that they weren't the lowest price, but they hit all the P's. They had a very clearly defined product. They had competitive pricing, but their presentation was great. And that's what got the general contractor to call them because they're like, if you take this much attention into just preparing your bid, you're going to be very detailed on the project, uh, you know, on your scope of work. I, I think people perceive incorrectly, which again is what you're reiterating that it's not all about the lowest price. A contractor is willing to pay more, maybe not a lot more, but at least some more to not have a headache, right? I mean, that's what we're talking about. Absolutely. They don't want the headache. They don't, you know, if you're, if you're misspelling words and you have all lower cap letters on your, on your bid, you know, that, that seems like a person that's going to show up late to the job or they're not going to communicate when they're not going to arrive and, they're going to have issues with that contractor. Believe it or not, it's it's so common. And just these simple tips will go a long way to helping you have more success. All right. So let's recap the three Ps and then we'll talk about the bonus. So we got price, um, product, and presentation uh, to make sure that you are in the running. So what is, what's the, what's the bonus tip? I've submitted my bid and now I, I just wait, right? I don't do anything. Yeah, that's right? the, the biggest mistake contractors do is they they think everything ends when they're when they've submitted their bid and that's where so many subcontractors general contractors fail is they're they should have a clearly defined follow-up process um, and you have to identify what type of project you're bidding so for example if you're bidding a new construction ground up construction and you're a finishing trade a painter well you know that project might not get awarded to the painter for a couple weeks, maybe even a month or so after the bid due date. So you want to structure your follow-up process accordingly and vice versa. If that's a tenant fit out where, you know, that project's going to get started right away after the bid due date, you want to start your follow-up process almost immediately. And it should be a combination of phone calls and emails. Um, our general contractors tend to prefer emails because they get a lot of calls and they don't always answer them. Whereas if you, if you put together a clearly, uh, defined email that's very simple, just basically saying, hey, I bid this project. Um, I would love some feedback, good or bad. Can you give me any feedback on my pricing or if I'm in the running to get awarded? Just something as right. simple so, as so that. It's not, it's not the, did I get the job? Did I get the job? Did I get the job? Right. You're not harassing someone, right? That's well, not the intent of the follow-up. Yeah, exactly. Don't, don't just send an email, did I get the job? Um, you're asking for feedback on your bid. How is the pricing? Can you give me any feedback? And they'll typically, you know, seven out of 10 times a GC is going to, going to respond to that email. That's a, that's the response rate we get when we do follow up is about seven out of 10 times a GC will give us some feedback. So um, just a simple email. If you call and harass them every day, they're going to eventually block you and they're not going to want to do business with you. So email is a very and, effective way to, to follow up. And this is this is this is for the long game, right? This is this is for, well, I didn't get this job. But now I'm on the radar. Um, I'm getting opportunities to continue to bid. And now I can develop a relationship with 
the estimator or chief estimator at the contracting company because, well, we spent, you know, he, we had some emails back and forth. Maybe we spent five minutes on the phone where he told me what was wrong with my bid or why I didn't get it, which I can correct in my next one. Um, and it's that rapport, right, that makes a big difference for getting the next job, right? Yeah, absolutely. You're building relationships. Um, you know, so many of my past relationships I established when I was a general contractor was just getting my foot in the door, you know, bidding a small project, maybe having success or not initially, but because I put together a professional bid, I was very courteous in my follow-up process. They ultimately wanted to do business with me and I ended up getting work later on. So it's all about building those relationships. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's important to remember that, um, there are more jobs to come and that if you can stay on the radar and get, be given the opportunity to prove yourself later, um, uh, that will pay off in, in spades. Um, so let's take a minute, Kevin, could you tell me briefly a little bit about how someone can use your service? I mean, if I'm a subcontractor looking to bid, how does that work? Do I pay anything? Do I, um, just go to the site? Yeah, it's, it's very simple. You just go to planhub.com. Um, on the page, there will be several places where you can register to create an account. Um, it takes Our registration process is literally like two minutes. You put in your contact information, your company information. You'll set up your the trades that you perform and the regions that you like to bid in. And literally, you're in within a couple minutes, and you can see all the bidding opportunities that exist. Um, and initially, when you sign up, you'll get a free trial to PlanHub Premier which is access to all those projects. Um, so you'll have free, um, non-restricted access to bid as many projects as you like. At, at some point, you know, that trial will end and you'll have the option to continue the service, but at least it's a good way to, to get in and try it out. We also have uh, some really cool tools for our premium members. It's our Bid Navigator Suite, which includes uh, some premium tools like an OCR reader where you can put in a keyword um, and search exactly the type of product that you're looking for. So if you're a polished concrete guy, you can go in and search for polished concrete and it'll identify all the projects that have that spec into the project. Um, so there's some really cool tools in there and it's, you know, it's free to register and check out. And I would encourage all subcontractors to do so. If, uh, if someone wanted to learn a little bit more, Kevin, or contact you directly, what's the best way to do it? Well, the best way is, you know, there's a lot of information on planhub.com, but there's a contact me section on our website. So you can go in there and put in your question. There's a phone number that you can call um, and someone will answer the phone during business hours and um, we'll be glad to help anyone with any of their questions. Sounds good. Kevin, this was tremendously valuable information, uh, seemingly obvious, um, but uh, shocking to hear that um, it's not happening all that often, which means that if you do it, if you as a, as a tradesperson, do these simple things, you'll stand out in the crowd. Um, so thank you very much, Kevin, for taking the time. I appreciate it. You're welcome, Alex. It's my pleasure. Until next time, everybody, this is Alex Barthet with the leanzone.com uh, podcast. See you soon. <laughs>